0: So, we're going to begin. Welcome, everybody, to the Vancouver Reside Vineyard Church, virtual, live, first time online, YouTube. Uh, know that numbers of you have joined us. It's great to see you today. And so, Kathleen and I, from our, our home to your home, send our love. And today is Palm Sunday. And uh, in the church year, which is also known as Passion Sunday, the the, the, week, uh, the day that begins the week of the Passion towards Good Friday and Easter. And uh, today we're going to be uh, sharing a little bit of a a message with you about living in chaos. And uh, then afterwards at 11 o'clock, we're gonna go to the Zoom call, so we can interact, have communion together, and then have uh, some breakouts in small groups where we can discuss what's been shared in this session. And if you wanna join that Zoom call, just uh, email VEV, Uh, Victor Edward Victor at telus, T-E-L-U-S dot net, and they'll quickly send you a link for that. Uh, Or maybe take and put it on even the chat. Uh, That's possible as well. Uh, But we want you to join us for communion and then breakouts, and then we'll wrap it all up by 11.30 in about one hour's time. So thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to begin our service like we normally do by just inviting you into some silence, and uh, we're going to start that silence with the lighting of the candle, as we do in our church when we gather together. So well, Kathleen's going to light the candle, and then we're going to have a moment of silence. I just invite you to just calm your heart. Just feel the weight of your body sitting on your chair or your couch or wherever you are. And uh, just attend to your own heart. Let Jesus be with you there. And then in a moment we'll resume with a reading of uh, the psalm for today. So Kathleen's going to read from Psalm 118. Psalm
1: 118, verses 1 and 2, and then from 19 to 29. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light to shine on us. With bows in hand. So I bring you this bow that was delivered to me last night from Rose and Dean for Psalm for our psalm today blessed is he who comes in the in the name of the lord the lord is god and he has made his light to shine on us with bowels in hand join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar you are my god and i will praise you you are my god i will exalt you give thanks to the lord
0: thank you kathleen So Palm Sunday, it's always one of those days that um, is bittersweet for me, because on one hand, it's this great triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, and yet it's overshadowed by the cross and the suffering that's about to come in the coming week. And today I want to talk about living in the chaos, living in chaotic times, and I'm going to have Kathleen come back and just share a little bit in a few minutes. But I want to open by sharing a story that happened when I was a child of nine or ten years old. My my dad, who raised us in northern Alberta for my school years, invite would love to take us to a place near Jasper for holidays at Myad Hot Springs. And uh, I uh, at, at, at the age of nine or ten years of age, we used to love to play in the cold pool and in. We would scrunch ourselves up in a ball and my dad would turn us around in the water and we would hold our breath as long as we could and he would keep turning us. And when we could hold uh, our breath no longer, we would come up for air and then, I don't know why, but we went back and did it again, over and over again. Well, this one particular time he did that and I did that. And when my dad was done, I held my breath as long as I could and um, basically, uh, when he knew I was ready, he let me go and something very shocking happened. I just, I, I tried to come up for air and it felt like I was at the bottom of an ocean and all I could see was water. And, and no matter how hard I swam, I couldn't reach the surface. So I began to panic. I felt like I was drowning. I began to thrash wildly. And uh, then all of a sudden, my head broke the surface. And when I got, when I broke the surface, I realized that I hadn't been swimming up; I'd been swimming sideways because I was dizzy. And when I, when I got out, I yelled help like that, and I felt uh, foolish because the water was only up to my chest. And uh, uh, my dad was standing right there, so quickly I felt silliness about this. And, uh, it, it really spoke to me because what had happened was the dizziness had disoriented me and I panicked. And really what I needed to do was just relax, to just breathe and, uh, uh, allow my body to take me to the surface. And I think this is a real picture of the times that we're living in right now. Um, we're living in a time of this, of, of just, uh, unprecedented chaos, at least in our lives. Uh, Here we are, it's Palm Sunday, forced into this involuntary um, uh, confinement and and, and solid uh, isolation. And we're going into Holy Week, and perhaps, think about this, for the first time in the the history of the church, um, we are in a time when the church may not Meet for Easter Sunday around the world. This may be the first time in church history since the resurrection of Jesus that this has not happened, where we have not, where we physically have not gotten together. And to me, it's telling that all of this uh, uh, corona epidemic and crisis and uh, with that's hitting the whole earth happened right during the season of Lent and, and now Palm Sunday and coming into Holy Week and Easter, I think we need to pay attention to that. And I again was on a live Zoom call this week with pastors around the world, about 11, 1200 pastors through Peter Scazzaro out of Queens, New York, one of the epicenters of the COVID-19 virus in the world right now. And we're all experiencing this common experience of chaos. It's a feeling of being out of control both in our personal lives and in, in, in our vocations in the world. And it's characterized by a loss of structure, which came from routine predictability and boundaries. You know, we could go out to work and come home. We went out to the fitness center, we came home. We went for uh, a social time and we would come home. We would host people in our home. Our kids had schedules in schools. And uh, there's this fear of the unknown, like how long is this gonna last? Uh, there's a sense of muddliness and fogginess. And and one week feels like three months. And so because we're in this enforced isolation being told to stay home, it affects us differently depending on whether you have children in your home or you don't. Some of us have households with children. Some of us have households with roommates or homestay students uh, or spouses that are living together alone. Or people that are living on their own, by themselves. And of course, the loneliness can be amplified by this imposed isolation. So I think we need to pay attention to this and ask ourselves, what's God's invitation to us in this time? In the midst of this chaos, how is God coming to you? And the first thing I want to say to you, and it sounds so simple, but I want to go back to the last Sunday that we met as a church where I preached from John 3. It was the lectionary gospel. And I remember saying, God so loved the world. The first thing I want to say in the midst of the chaos is that God loves us. God loves this world. And John even up the ante a bit in, in his letter where he went on to say, God is love. That is the only time in the Bible where God is described as a a noun. Love is, is not an adjective there. In other descriptions of God, God is holy, God is righteous, God is just. But John doesn't use an adjective there. He says, God is love. And if that's true, then we can reverse it and say whatever is loving is God. Now stick with me here because I've got John to support me. He goes on to say God is love. Then he says whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Doesn't matter if you're Buddhist, Hindu, atheist, if you live in love, it's God. Wow. I don't know how that all fits in your theological boxes and categories, but for me, it blows mine, but it reminds me that Jesus is the only way, but he loves to show up in packages that we don't recognize, just like he did to his own people in the first century. So I want to assure you today that God is love. God is at work. God is present, Emmanuel, and let this be your foundation and your strength in these times. Secondly, I want to just give you some perspective. One of the biggest lessons that history can teach us today is this, what we're going through, is not new. Did you know that the Spanish flu, which occurred 100 years ago, killed 100 million people around the world? The world came to a standstill. And nobody knew what was going on. And so to put that in perspective, so far, 65,000 people, approximately around the world, have died from the COVID-19 crisis uh, uh, pandemic. Uh, about eight, uh, 38 here in BC, uh, getting close to 200 in all of Canada. So even though even one death is tragic, keep it in perspective that we that we have faced this before as humans, and we are in a position now with information and, and knowledge and understanding to deal with this in a way that uh, other, other generations have not the bubonic plague of Europe in the middle middle ages killed two thirds, or sorry, 60% of the, of the European population. And there were faithful saints who lived through those times. One was Julian of Norwich and, uh, she was a, a mystic who was called an anchoress. and An anchoress was somebody who lived in the church or by the church. Basically took care of cleaning the church and doing practical things. But she was a woman of prayer. And she lived in a time when there was this 100 years war between England and France. There were three popes at the time and they were all fighting each other. The monasteries had gone corrupt, were, were going corrupt. And yet this faithful woman prayed, and in the middle of it all, she almost died of this illness. And right in the middle of the illness, Jesus appeared to her. And you know what he said to her? Be well. That was his word. All shall be well. All manner of things shall be well. What is impossible with you is not impossible for me. So here we are with half of the planet shut down because of this plague today, and Jesus is coming to us in the midst of the chaos, and the unknown, and he's saying to us, all will be well, don't panic, don't start thrashing, you will come to the surface if you just relax, I'm here, and we are a people like Julian, in the midst of the chaos, where God is inviting us to ask the question, what does obedience look like in in these times, and how do we love well? And finally, with the chaos and the carnage, we can be overwhelmed by the sense of powerlessness—that we uh, things we cannot, things keep hitting us uh, that we can't control or change. Uh, we're we're running out of uh, of new things, and we can't we can't uh, cope anymore. Just yesterday, I went to mail a simple package to somebody, and I. It broke my heart. I'd spent so much time preparing this package. And they said, oh, you can't mail this there right now. And it just, it was, it so grieved me. And there's so much grief and loss and 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 emotional carnage. Uh, uh, Peter Schizero says it's like we're living in this collective dark night of the soul. And I was talking to Sarah uh, Pringle on Friday, and we were talking about the serenity prayer. And how that it's so timely for our time. And it, it, it originally penned by Reinhold Niebuhr, often used by Twelve Steps. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. So my question is, what can we change? And what I'd like to do is take the, the remaining few minutes that we have just to address that question. And, the, and and we can't change what's going on in the world today, but we can change ourselves. We can work on our own hearts. Jerry Scizzaro, Peter's wife, draws a parallel between our current involuntary isolation and that we're experiencing stay-at-home, And what happened with voluntary isolation in the third century, where the desert mothers and fathers fled into the deserts of Syria and Arabia and Egypt to flee the corruption of the church and the society. And their desire was not to just run away, but to be cleansed of this corruption so they could be a lifeline and a lifeboat for society. And out of that, they adopted a daily rule of life, which became famous through the Benedictine, St. Benedict of Nursia and Italy, founded the Benedictine monasteries of Europe and they developed a rule of life that contained four tenets to it. And it's interesting that the Greek word for rule is trellis. Does that ring a bell? Trellis is a word that we're familiar with in the world of gardening. It's an architectural structure usually made of an open framework or lattice of interwoven or intersecting pieces of wood, bamboo, or metal that is normally made to support and display climbing plants, especially shrubs. And so this trellis or rule was not a set of do's and don'ts, but it was a structure to deal, to help the life of God that was existing in them uh, thrive in the chaos. And so I've invited Kathleen to just share it briefly she did a little bit of homework yesterday so i'll just turn the camera a little bit here for her
1: yes so i was listening to gordy and got really inspired i I tend to be more of a hands-on person so i found these four bamboo shoots one two three four i'm thinking that by themselves they're very Lacking structure, like they cannot really support anything. Maybe even stick a balloon on on it, tied with a string. But as far as uh, giving structure for life, they don't individually. But when I was able to find a lattice and well connect the four bamboo shoots together, and then you have the little cross pieces here, all the way up and down the lattice, and then I found. Uh, a climbing ivy and got some flowers and as you can see it gives a, a lot of structure for life and at the top I have if you can see uh, I also have sometimes my little puppets that I use when I teach preschoolers or when I teach children and you can see the bee here and you can also see the butterfly that I have at the top so the butterfly and the bee at the top of the tre- trellis are very essential for giving life because the bee is the chief pollinator of plants and the butterfly is the second most productive pollinator and without this beautiful plant with the aroma it sends out we don't have pollination we don't have germination we don't have life we don't have plants we don't have food and vegetables here's the structure and then today I was like, wow, four bamboo shoots. Maybe that could be one of a very practical example or a model or maybe a metaphor. Of what Gordy's talking about today in terms of the four essential things of prayer, of community, of work and rest. And so I'll just leave a little poem that I wrote based on this meditation of the trellis. And hopefully it will help us to grasp it, grasp the importance of it. So I wrote this little poem, a trellis. We languish into chaos like a vertical green vine, entangled, powerless to grasp an interwoven lattice composed of intersecting pieces that will support its climbing. But when the vine takes hold, it can blossom and its buds and flowers of vibrant colors can cluster around the interlocking structure, entwining and climbing upward, shooting outward, interweaving inward, braiding and embracing, encircling and interlacing, and sending forth the fragrance like a sweet perfume that will yield life. So some examples, for example here, of how we can apply that This is something that just came to our doorstep yesterday, again, delivered at social distance by Rosendine Nauman. You have been nominated to receive a COVID-19 pay it forward gift, and we received our communion loaf and some brownies. And then, of course, we've been encouraged to pay it forward. So some of these ideas of structure could be errands, could be starting new home groups, virtually online, sharing online. So I hope you're inspired to think about the trellis
0: in your life. All right, so thank you, Kathleen. So I'm just going to uh, turn this back. And uh, I want to take uh, five more minutes to just talk about the rule of life. Uh, it's interesting that Kathleen didn't know there were four four rules. I don't know if you can see this. But the, the Benedicts, Benedictines had four rules of life. One had to do with prayer, one had to do with rest, one had to do with relationships or community, and one had to do with work. And I encourage you to get a sheet of paper and draw these quadrants. In the middle it says, love God. And basically that's love from God, love for God, because our focus is in these times, how do we learn to love well? If we, if we keep that as our objective, It'll help us in in our rule. So, for example, under prayer, I have silence. Uh, So prayer isn't just talking at God. Prayer is listening. Uh, That's why I love getting up in the morning. I often get up at 5. Sometimes it's been earlier. I think that might have something to do with age. But 4 o'clock sometimes in the morning. You know why I love that time? It's silent. And actually, this whole uh, crisis is... It's, my neighborhood is so much more quiet, except for the birds. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a time where I listen to God, where I read scripture, where I, I go walking and praying. I pray for you. Uh, uh, reflection, taking time to journal and uh, pay attention to your emotions right now. Uh, what are you sad about? What are you angry about? There's a lot of grief and loss going on. Uh, what are you worried about, and what are you what are you happy about, and 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 journaling that in the presence of God, uh, praying the Our Father uh, several times in the day, I think is really a, a helpful way, and breathing prayer, uh, lament, praying the Psalms, tears are an important way of lament, and and art and poetry, so write down there what. that rule would look like for you in your life? Because we're all different. We all respond to God differently. Secondly, rest. Uh, How are you making sure that you have time for rest? Because what often happens, especially if you're not home with children, is and I've seen this happen with me, is where I lose track of how much work I'm doing. So make sure you set times every day where you stop uh, I try to see my day in terms of uh, triplet. So morning, afternoon, and evening. and and so if I'm working two of those, then I try to get one of those where I'm not working. If I work morning and afternoon, then I try to make sure my evening is i'm I'm not working. and that doesn't mean just paid work. it means um, unpaid work. We all do both, don't we? And uh, maybe you're retired or, Uh, You're not in a job right now, but there's still work that you do. So make sure you take good care, do good self-care. And then um, uh, make sure you take time to enjoy. Turn off your devices for a while. Um, Limit the news. Go for walks if you can. And set limits on how much you watch the news. Um, Don't watch the news before you go to bed. Don't talk about the news with someone else before you go to bed. Set boundaries, loving boundaries with each other. But do things you love. Watch a good movie, read a good novel, cooking, baking. uh, Just things that you're able to do in all the restrictions of this time. Find things that you love and do good self-care. And then of course, community and relationships. Uh, If you're married, then obviously the priority is your spouse but also those that are in your household. We call it the lifeboat that you're in or the pod that you're with, that you can have social connection with and not be socially distanced. Take care of them, uh, the ones in your home, and and then creatively take care of your friends through video. And just as you've all, just so proud of you as a church. I've been hearing such wonderful stories of how you've been one another. So just before we close with one song, I'm gonna just wrap it up by couple of re- reflections. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, we talked about the serenity prayer, and we're going to have you interact around that after our communion time. But the words of the conversation of Frodo and Gandalf, uh, you many of you probably have already thought of this through these times, but I, I looked at it again online this morning through YouTube, and Frodo is in this p- place of despair, and he's He's saying to Gandalf, I wish I had never found that ring. I wish none of this had ever happened. And I think a lot of us are are feeling that. I'm feeling that. I'm still suffering so much grief. Not only over my own broken dreams and disappointments and things that haven't turned out the way I expected, but also watching my loved ones go through that as well. And it's a hard time. And so like Frodo, we say, I wish none of this had ever happened. So I want to just close off this time before I sing one song. Is Gandalf's response, and many of you know it. He said to Frodo, so do all who live to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to do is to decide what to do with the time." That is given to us. So what if this was a gift? What if this was a gift from God? As painful and as hard as it is. And even though God didn't cause it. What if there is just a a time. To uh, be receiving what God has. How God is coming to us. God's invitation. So I want to wrap it up with one song. This, if you want to Google it, it's uh, You're Carrying Me lyrics.
2: <clears throat>
0: and it's the last song, by the way, I sang with you in our, our live service together. It was the last song. It was right at the end. I don't know how many of you remember that. Uh, but it just came to me. Unexpected kindness.
2: I turned my face to you. Bye. me I trust you, I trust
0: you. So if you have to go right now, and it can't stay for our Zoom chat, Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, and communion and fellowship of the Holy Spirit. But if you can join us, go to the link, and we'll continue in just a couple of minutes. Lots of love to you. Bye-bye.